If you didn't think the 2023 Buffalo Bills could be a more sloppy football team, well, the sloppiness peaked during Monday night's loss to the Denver Broncos. We're breaking it all down today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, folks, the Buffalo Bills fell to the Denver Broncos 24 to 22 and dropped to five and five on the season. The Bills have lost three of the last four, and they're two and four in the last six games. Yikes. Plenty to be concerned about when it comes to this Buffalo Bills football operation. And if I could sum it up in one word, That word is sloppy. You have a head coach in Sean McDermott that preaches discipline. He preaches fundamentals. And his football team is none of those things. None of them. There is no congruency between the messaging that we get from Sean McDermott and the results on the football field. In a critical moment, With a game on the line, you had so many mistakes. So many mistakes. They missed the field goal. But they get a second chance because you had 12 men on the field, and it rips a victory right away from you, and it's significant. The difference between 6-4 and 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 5-5 is massive, especially in this AFC. We're going to get into the big picture conversation later, but that is costly and something that simply cannot happen. It cannot happen. You can't have 12 men on the field in that situation. That's a very sloppy, embarrassing way to go down, especially because it felt like you just got a big break. You got a big break. You had shot yourself in the foot all game long. You've made mistake after mistake. That field goal goes wide right, and you feel like you can breathe, and you know what? Regroup and go try to beat the Jets and get to 7-4. and four. Nah, you're 5-5 five and five because you had too many men on the field. Can't happen. This is the highest level of professional football. Execution errors like that simply cannot happen. And Sean McDermott's responsible for it. He's the head coach. This is his operation. Your team has to be able to execute 
in that situation in its most simple form. Have the correct amount of players on the field. Awful. And while we are going to reflect a lot on that 12-man on the field penalty that gave Denver another shot at the field goal, that play to me was emblematic of a sloppy operation all night long. Coaching blunders, execution blunders all over the place. You firmly deserve that loss. And I think that's what makes it hurt even more is because you feel like you overcame so much to have a chance to win that football game. And you had 12 men on the field. They get another shot at the field goal. Unbelievable, right? Let's look at some of these sloppy moments. I've got like 11 of them written down off the top of my head. We haven't even done the all 22 review. But I think sloppiness and undisciplined and not doing the smart, correct thing started right at the opening moment of the game at the coin toss where you won the toss and you chose to receive. Just not the smart, right thing to do. I know that there's people out there that love the idea of taking the ball and scoring first and all that, but there's not a simple, There's it's it doesn't make sense. Analytics will tell you that your expected points, your win percentage, if you take the ball, it goes down. It goes down. Why would you do something right away to give yourself a less good of a chance to win a football game? Sure would have been nice to have the ball first coming out of that third quarter, right? Nah, you didn't do it because you chose to receive the ball and you promptly, number two, you fumble on the first play. James Cook fumbled that ball. Sloppy, not good execution, poor fundamentals. The very next drive, Gabe Davis drops the football on the 12-yard line. You are about to be in the low red zone. You're threatening to score and it leads to an interception. Fundamentals, catch the football. Catch the football. Catch the football. Nope. Can't do it. There's nobody around him. It's not a hard catch. There's nobody near him. Off his hands, interception, points off the board. Then you got Josh Allen's interception before the half. His second interception in the game. You're trying to score before the half, and you're throwing an outbreaking pattern to Deontay Hardy. I mean, Deontay Hardy's been such a disappointment for this football team, and I know there's people that would like to see Deontay Hardy get more involved in the offense. I'm not one of them. I've watched him play. There's nothing dynamic to me about Deontay Hardy. He's been an absolute disappointment as a free agent signing. I think the turf toe injury really took a lot of his athleticism away. It's been a great punt catcher. I've really enjoyed that. But what, what are we doing here? You want to run a deep out to Deontay Hardy? A small receiver? You think he's going to win that leverage at the catch point? Bad decision, bad throw. And you'll see that James Cook was wide open in the flat there. Another turn down for a turnover. So they give the ball right back to Denver. They extend their lead. They get a chance to double dip because you were stupid and you chose to receive the ball at the beginning of the game. Oh, it continues. Josh Allen, James Cook, fumbled exchange. Josh Allen just drops the ball before it gets to James Cook. Details, Josh. Details. Execution. Play smart, value the football. Missed tackles like crazy in this game. Four different drops. Kincaid, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Latavius Murray, off the top of my head, drops. On defense, you have poor rush lane discipline. You had an easy, you give up an easy, first, uh, it was third and six. 
earlier in the game, you rush with two, three techniques. Nobody goes through the A-gap. Here you go, Russell Wilson. Here's the middle of the field to just run for a first down. You got Von Miller going inside on pass rushes and giving up contain. Russell Wilson said, thank you very much. I think I'll just step over here to my right and dump it to the running back, and we're going to get first downs. Third and 10 on the second to last drive, you send everybody on a blitz. And it's an easy throw over the middle of the field to Jerry Judy because you 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 have too much real estate for these guys to cover. You're sending pressure on third and 10. The zero blitz on the Taron Johnson pass interference call. What are you doing? What are you doing? You got the big stop in the previous play by sending pressure. You got greedy. You needed to play coverage, make a tackle, and force a long field goal attempt. But no. It, offensively, you're not leaning on the run game when clearly it was working and your passing offense and the miscues there were holding your offense back. It's just a comedy of errors. Nothing about it was disciplined. Nothing about it was fundamentally sound. It was a sloppy, sloppy performance from a sloppy football team, from a head coach that's that preaches discipline and fundamentals. Another a football a head football coach that talks about complimentary football. Boy, oh boy, was that not happening once again. Defense is doing a pretty good job, right? Bowing up left and right, getting out of bad positions. The offense keeps putting them right back in bad positions and shooting themselves in the foot along the way. Sam Martin, egregious punts, two horrible punts that set up two 20-plus yard returns because their line drives in the middle of the field. You can't do it. You can't make a tackle on kick coverage. You missed a guy four times before the 25, and then he gets to the 38. It's bad. It's a sloppy operation. Nothing about what Sean McDermott wants this football team to be and what his messaging is trying to say they are is true. They've been sloppy all season. No better example than what we saw on Monday night. And it's shown up in the past too. Absolutely it's shown up in the past. And what's disappointing is you took all of those moments in the past and you know what you told yourself? That they're going to be better for it. They're going to learn from it. The past experiences are going to set them up for success moving forward. Just great, valuable learning lessons. Where has it got you? No further. You continue to be sloppy, undisciplined, and lack fundamentals, and you don't play good complimentary football, and you're nothing about what the image of this football team is supposed to be as your head coach says it's supposed to be. And what's interesting is you listen to Sean McDermott this past week. He talked about Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos and how they got out of that 0-3 hole and how they've clawed back and played a lot better of late. You know what Sean McDermott said? So I'm not, not surprised. Sean Payton's a great football coach. Give him a lot of credit. Well, it goes both ways, Sean. Your football team's five and five. You've lost three of the last four. You're two and four in your last six. You're not playing better at all. Through 10 games, you're literally just not, you're you're showing regression throughout the season. And you know what, Sean? You deserve a lot of credit for that. It goes both ways, bud. It goes both ways. All right, we're going to talk about bright spots, believe it or not, here in the next segment, right? If you can if you can stomach that. I have some positive things to say and of course a big picture conversation coming up later on, but look, you and I, we spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up discussing wins and losses, who's going to start, who's going to sit, and I'm really thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. So whether you're on extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet Another supply shortage. You are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply 
even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. So if you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. So we've worked through the disappointment, right? Just sloppy execution issues, fundamental problems, congruency issues between what this head coach tells you the football team is going to be and what they show you that they are. Very, very disappointing. It's not hard to kind of get into all of that and say, hey, really bad things are happening here. You're reeling. You're five and five. You've lost three or four. Like you're not in a good position as a football team. That's not hard to identify. And I look forward to the All-22 review, which is coming tomorrow. I'll spend all day in the tape, and I'm not sure what I'm hoping to see. Um, I think this one's pretty obvious, but I I am curious to kind of see, you know, what made some things successful and really kind of dive into the consequences of some of the blunders. But there were some bright spots in this game, and I feel differently. Like, the Bills have lost games this year, Bengals game, Jags game, Patriots, Jets. And to me, those games were a little harder to find some of the bright spots. I thought there were some good things in this game. And I'll start with the rushing offense. 26 carries, 192 yards, over seven yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns. And I think my disappointment here is that it was so effective, but you could have leaned on it even more, especially like that first quarter, second quarter sequences where, you know, they benched James Cook for a bit of the game. What 16 plays he winds up missing. Um, and, and it feels like it's like even when James Cook comes back in the game, like you could tell he's fired up, he's running with conviction, like there was an urgency about him. And I felt like he could have leaned on it even more. And it's not that you skewed that heavily passing the football, but while you were vulnerable all day throwing the ball, it'd have been nice to kind of lean into it a little bit more. James Cook, 12 carries, 109 yards. Latavius Murray, nine carries for 68 yards. Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown. I mean, you did some good things pounding the rock. You created displacement. You won up front. And really, that should have led to a great day offensively for the Bills, where you should have recognized that, leaned into it, and then used that, of course, for all your play action stuff. And you just didn't get that. You didn't didn't get that at all. So bright spot, but also annoying at the same time. thought Dalton Kincaid was good in this game. Um, he did have a drop. There's no question about that, but thought of whether it was blocking or coming up with five catches for 51 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Uh, I thought he played well and I thought he deserved more opportunities with the football. Uh, there was plenty of instances where Josh, Josh decided not to throw it to him when he was open. And I'm sure the L 22 is going to reveal that as well. thought Terrell Bernard was really good in this game. And, um, I think that's one of my my favorite pieces of this season, right? There's not going to be a whole lot. I think we're going to look back at the season, and it's it's, it's who knows where it's going to go. If the Bills make to the playoffs, I I don't know if they will, and if they do, I'm not expecting much. But we're we're going to look at this team, and I think there's going to be a lot of components of the team that has expired, where you're just the impact is not what it needs to be, and it won't be moving forward. And so you start to think about what well, what's your what's your what young talent do you have that is going to represent a new nucleus for your football team? And I look at Dalton Kincaid on offense, and I look at Terrell Bernard on defense, 
And I feel pretty good about those guys being catalysts for this football team moving forward. I thought Terrell Bernard, he missed one tackle, which was an egregious missed tackle. Uh, but I thought he played well in this game, physical downhill presence. Um, and there's a, he's a tone setter, right? He's a, he's a playmaker. I, I really have enjoyed Terrell Bernard's development. I'm, I'm excited about him being the Mike linebacker for this football moving football team moving forward. AJ Epinesa, another bright spot, one and a half sacks, three quarterback hits. I'll tell you what, give every, every rep that you've been thinking of that you've been giving to Von Miller, give him to AJ Epinesa. He's just, he's way more impactful way more impactful uh whether it's run defense rushing the passer he just makes more of an impact and von miller continues to continues to not make an impact for your football team and he's on the field in high leverage situations it's like there's nothing there's nothing good here there's nothing he's going not rushing through his lanes he doesn't have a motor he doesn't compete hard against the run like give all of his snaps to aj epinesa he was a bright spot. I thought Ed Oliver was disruptive in this football game. There was portions of it where that interior O-line, Ben Powers in particular, their high-priced guard just couldn't handle him. And he, unfortunately, he missed like probably at least two or three sacks, but his disruption was was quite evident in this football game. I thought your run defense was really good uh, for the most part in this one. We knew that they would want to run the football. I mean, and, and they kind of, I mean, they played with the lead the entire time um, except for, when the bills took the lead for what, like a minute or something like that. The, uh, the run defense played well. And I think at Oliver was, was at the, at the core of that. I think Jordan Phillips had some good run defense reps. I think Linval Joseph did Greg Rousseau. I thought was another bright spot in this game, had a tackle for loss, a sack, two more quarterback hits. And, you know, he's playing through injury as well. And I thought Tyler Bass, right? He hit both of his extra points and he made a really important tackle on kick coverage. So I thought he was a bright spot. So look, a disappointing day. Like, don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the disappointment and the failure and the sloppiness. Hopefully I went in hard enough for you on that opening segment for you to realize the frustration that I have, uh, the lack of confidence that I have in this operation. Um, and, um, you know, the sloppiness and the lack of, consistency with the messaging like i i i said it all all that i need to say in that opening segment but i thought there was enough bright spots in this game that we should take a little time and reflect on them especially as you think about projecting things forward and um you know i think the days of micah hyde and jordan poyer and trey white um kind of being the core of this football operation that that's you know that's not happened that's that's over with you're looking at a new nucleus, and I, I I take comfort in knowing that when I consider Ed Oliver and I think about uh, Terrell Bernard and I think about Greg Rousseau, I feel good about those players, even Christian Benford to an extent, Dalton Kincaid, you know, James Cook. There are pieces here that are young, Osiris Torrance. Um, there are pieces here that I like projecting forward as what this nucleus is going to look like. And, and it's exciting to me. Now, listen, is Sean McDermott and this coaching staff going to be the group that's going to get the most out of these players, right? Because they didn't maximize the previous one, right? <laughs> if we're, if we're thinking about this bills team as an expired operation, and in some ways I think it is, you know, did they get the most out of it? Was three AFC East championships, one AFC championship game lost and a bunch of a couple of divisional round losses like was that was that maximizing Josh Allen with those players probably not probably not and so what confidence do you have about 
that being different with this new nucleus when I just got done saying that I'm disappointed that all of the failures of the past don't seem to have turned into great learning lessons that will help you in the future, right? I have a lot of questions about that, a lot of concerns, a lot of concerns. All right, we're going to get into a big picture conversation here in just a moment, recap my predictions and talk about what's next for this podcast and the Buffalo Bills, but check out FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of things that you can bet on, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Bills Mafia, let's get personal for a minute. Has anyone ever been caught skinny dipping? You know what I mean. When you dip your tortilla chip just barely enough to get a dab of salsa on it, it's okay. We've all been there, and sometimes it's not your fault. Most tortilla chips can't even handle a chunky dip without breaking right in half. In those days, well, guess what? They are over, and it's time to say goodbye to skinny dipping and hello to chunky dunking because Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally made to dip. They're strong and sturdy enough to handle the heftiest dips of guac, all seven layers of a dip, and every last chunk in that salsa. Uh, my wife, it's it's chili season here, and she's been making it a lot. I love tortilla chips with my chili, and you want to talk about a lot to deal with. You got the beef. You got thick, like, tomato paste or whatever's going on there. You've got beans. I can stick a Zach's Mighty tortilla chip in there, get a big old glob of of chili on my on my chip and enjoy it. If I have other chips, they snap right in half. They snap right in half. My hand goes into the chili. It's bad. Zach's Mighty tortilla chips. Love them. Say goodbye to skinny dipping and hello to chunky dunking with Zach's Mighty tortilla chips available at Wegmans in the chip aisle. Check them out. Zach's Mighty tortilla chips equipped to dip. All right, folks, let's talk big picture here. The Bills are five and five. Yikes, five and five. Not a good spot to be. Not in this AFC. No way. So you're second in your division, but you're no longer uh, one back, right? You're two back now in the division. Dolphins at six and three, and boy, did they have a fun bye week. They lost to the Chiefs, but they get losses. The Bills lose to Denver, and the Jets lose to the Raiders. I mean, that's dreamy stuff for Dolphins fans. And so they're six and three. You're five and five in second place in the East. Jets are four and five in third, and that's your next opponent. And you've already got a head to head loss to them. And so we'll talk about the Bills' remaining schedule, but can we talk about the Dolphins' remaining schedule first? Their next five is, is really manageable Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, and Jets. Are they going to lose any of those games? Probably not. I think you can add five wins to the Dolphins' win total. They're at 11 already. The most you can win is 12. You're five and five. The most you, if you win all the rest of your games, all seven of them, you're 12 and five. I think the the Dolphins are about to rip off five in a row against the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, and Jets. They finish with Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. So not only you you don't have to just match them, you have to be better than them. Not looking good for a four fourth consecutive AFC East championship for the Buffalo Bills. 
What about the wild card? Well, you're not looking so hot there either. You're 10th right now. 10th in the AFC. Sitting there right there with the Raiders and the Colts, baby. Gardner Minshew. Oh, that's that's gross. Gardner Minshew and Aiden O'Connell. Like These teams are on backup quarterbacks. You have the same record as them. The Raiders fired their coach. The Colts are in year one of a new coach. And here you are with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. Five and five, tied with them. Man, oh man. Yikes. Houston's in the seventh seed at five and four. The Bengals are the eighth seed at five and four, and they have the tiebreaker. Here's the deal with Houston. Not only are they a threat in the AFC wild card, they might win their division. If they win their division, that bumps Jacksonville to the wild card race. And guess what you don't have against Jacksonville? You don't have that tiebreaker either. You don't have the tiebreaker. I mean, what? this is bad. This is not ideal, folks. And meanwhile, what's your remaining schedule? Jets. Already lost to them once this year. At Eagles. Yikes. The bye week. At Chiefs. Who knows, right? Cowboys at Chargers. Patriots at Dolphins. You're five and five with seven to play. What's your record? This is, an, is this an eight and nine team? Is this a nine and eight team? Could they win 10? Is 10 good enough to get to the playoffs this year? Probably not. I bet you there's a couple of 10-win teams that don't make it in the AFC. You are you are not sitting pretty. You are not, you're going to have to overachieve. You're somehow going to have to become a different. For 10 games, you've been one football team. If you're going to have a chance, you've got to become a different football team for the last seven. Jets at Eagles, at Chiefs, Cowboys at Chargers, Patriots at Dolphins. If you go five and two, that's ten and seven. And what makes you think they're going to go five and two? What makes you think that? Nothing I've seen. Nothing I've seen. They they've known it's this isn't new information. They've known for weeks. This offensive lull has been going on for like six weeks. Their backs have been against the wall for a lot longer than right now. Like, so if you think they're just going to have a rah rah moment and put it all together, I mean, I hope it happens, but what confidence do you have? They've needed to do that for six weeks. What's going to happen against the Jets? They, they haven't been able to play good offense against the Jets when the Bills' offense is good. And then the Eagles on the road? Yikes. Let's look at my predictions. Didn't do so good here either. I got my first one right. I said three sacks for the Bills defense. That happened. They got four of them. Uh, I got the second one correct. I said the Bills would not get an interception. They got their first turnover in five weeks, but still haven't gotten an interception since the Miami game. So I got that one correct. And then silly me, silly me, I I said pick the over on Gabe Davis receptions. FanDuel had it at two and a half. Two and a half. How many catches did he have? Two. Two. I mean, what is what is Gabe Davis's recent stretch of games? What do you have, like five catches over the last four games or something? I know that Tampa game is mixed in there. Yikes. I said Josh Allen over 267 and a half passing yards. Well, if he had 90 more, he could have got there. He had 177. And I predicted the Bills would win, and that was a nope. So we go two for five on predictions this week. 
All right, next up for this podcast is the All-22 Review. So we will spend Tuesday uh, all in the tape, breaking it all down, and we'll give you an All-22 Review episode later on. Herd mentality, and then we'll start getting ready for the Bills' next game against the Jets. And, of course, what's next for the Buffalo Bills is that game against the Jets. And so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what this team can muster up the rest of the way. But one thing I could promise you is that I'll be here for you every step of the way talking through it all, the highs, the lows. We're going to break it all down. We're going to give you honest analysis here on this podcast, even if it's not going exactly how we want it to go. We love this football team, and you know we'll stay dialed in uh, just like we always would. You know, If the Bills were 10-0, and 0, if they're 5-5, and 5, they're 0-10, we're going to give it a real honest effort here on this podcast. So appreciate you being here. For the ride, I really, really do. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills! And I look forward to catching up with you again for the All-22 Review.